Praise the Lord tonight. Welcome to church. Welcome to Bible study and compliment of the season. Will teach us a few things tonight again as we make progress in the study of the Word of God. Why is it important for us to study the Bible? Because the Lord commanded it, and it's by the studying of the word that we can survive, that we can, we can pull through in this world. You know, today I went somewhere with my wife to, to get her voter's card. I got mine last week. Hers wasn't ready, so we went back today. It was a, a, a chaotic place, very chaotic. I felt, Lord, this should not be all kinds of satanic manifestation, violence, disruptions, uproars, evil, foul language, you know, all kinds of things that are, that are anti, anti, anti-God, anti-scripture, anti-Christ, anti, anti-God. And we're coming, we saw all, all law enforcement officers, road safety, VIO, police, all harassing people on the road, trying to make money supposedly for the festive season. This is the kind of world we live in. And if we don't eat the word of God, the system will choke us up. We'll become, you know, we'll, we will we'll start deferring to the system. We'll start acting like the system. But the more of the word of God we ingest, we it we understand the stronger we become for Christ. Psalm 119, verses 10 and 11, 9 and 11 says, How can a young man cleanse his ways? How can a young man, how can a believer maintain his path of righteousness? How can a believer stand for Christ? How can a believer not compromise? How can a believer not be overwhelmed by the decadence, by the corruption that's in the world through lust, by the moral, moral infection in the world today, by the corruption, by the compromise? How can a believer stand strong for Christ in this time? As 11 give us the answer, he says, by taking heed to all thine word. Hallelujah. For thine word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So the antidote to the, to the chaotic mass, the chaotic mess, the chaotic situation in the world, is God's word. That's why every true believer must feed on God's word. We must eat the word. We must desire the word. And that's why we study the Bible every, every other day. If possible, we study the Bible every day. And tonight, I'm so pleased in the Lord again to, to share with you God's word that we might grow together thereby. It says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. God wants us to grow daily. You see, <clears throat> it is a nightmare for parents whose child or children are growing. An average, or rather, a good parent will start getting concerned if the child is not growing. You know, I remember a story with a, a a dearly beloved um, um, sister, 
some years ago, she put to bed and <clears throat> we all rejoiced. And my wife was supposed to go and see her, but for some time, uh, okay, we went on the, I think on, on, the, on the second day of the birth, we saw the baby, we went to the family to greet them. And then on the christening day, we were there again, we saw the baby. And then I think she went maybe once after that time, or I don't know. But the mother began to get concerned about the baby. And she called my wife. She said, Ma, there's someone I'm observing. Please, is there anything you think is wrong? My wife said, what's the matter? That the baby is not growing, that it looks small after three months. And my wife said, well, maybe there's nothing. Maybe it's just um, your eyes. Um, is she feeding? Say, yes, she's feeding. Was it she or he? Okay. Well, was he taking? Yeah, he's, he's, he's being breastfed. But it's not growing. It's, it's, it's looking like a child of three, oh, a three-week-old baby. And this is three months. So my wife went to see the baby. And lo and behold, the baby looked like a two-week-old baby. And this was the third month. My wife knew there was something wrong. But thank God she observed. And sometimes if babies don't grow at a stage where they should grow, it can impair their developmental, um, 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 uh, I don't know what word to use, milestones. And we discovered something on my wife You see, the thing is that she thought she was lactating. But for those three months, she wasn't really lactating. It was after what she discovered that the baby was just napping on the breast and there was no milk in the breast for three months. So she was counseled to start giving supplement formula. And in three weeks, the baby began to grow and became so chubby. But in three months, she was, the baby was lactating and there was no milk. Folks, as a believer, God's word is our milk. You, can, you cannot be healthy as a believer. You will not know your right from your left as a believer without studying and knowing the word of God for yourself. Satan will play you like ball. He's waiting to deceive. He's, 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 he's a grand master of all deceivers. And if you don't know God's word, then people are susceptible to being deceived. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4, if you can read with me tonight, Ephesians 4 from verse 14. Ephesians 4. Let me read from the NLT tonight. Ephesians 4, read from verse 14. He said that we no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other part grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So say amen tonight. So this is a plan of God. This world is in a mess. This world is, 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 is headed for destruction. But we need to keep ourselves in God by studying the word. That's why every true believer must gravitate, must love the word of God. For by it, we are kept. By it, we are cleansed. By it, we are made perfect and matured. And that's where we study the Bible every day. In case I want to ask you, must it be daily? Yes, because we survive by it every day. Just like a man would eat to survive, a believer also eats God's word for his survival. And so tonight, I want to welcome us again to the Bible study. 
Let us pray. Father, we thank you this evening. We've come to your table, obeying your word. Thank you because we are redeemed by the blood and by your word. And so our life depends on your word. But open our eyes tonight that we may see wonderful things in your word. Order our steps in your word. Cause your word to be sweet in our mouth. Help us, Lord, receive tonight with meekness your engrafted word. For by it our souls are saved. Your engrafted word, for by it we learn and our souls are kept secured. I pray tonight with grand understanding and bring us all to a depth of knowledge of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Um, tonight, I just want to thank God that we are here again. And in the next 45 minutes, by the grace of God, we'll just look at a few scriptures and learn a few things as the Lord will enable us. Um, we've been studying the book of Romans by the grace of God. I began this study sometime in March this year. And this is December 29th. We've been on the book of Romans for, I don't know, maybe nine months now or eight. Uh, but praise God, maybe eight. And um, it's been a great time and we're not done yet. Um, Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Um, we have taking is a, I don't want to say a little, a, a long detour, but not so long a detour on the book of Romans. But we're going to continue from where we stopped. Um, before we go on, I want to remind us that the book of Romans, as we began earlier on, can be divided into two sessions. The first section uh, uh, is doctrinal. By doctrinal, we mean teaching. They teach us biblical principles. We've learned about the doctrine of justification by faith through the blood, by grace. Amen. That salvation is not by works, it is by word, by faith in the blood of Jesus, not just in any blood. Peter called it the precious blood. We've studied the gospel, how unashamedly we should be. We've looked at the plan of God for Israel and the bringing together of the Gentiles and the Jews together in one. Paul emphasized that in Ephesians chapter, chapter, chapter 3. How the Lord has broken down the middle of partition and has, and has made those who were twin one in Christ Jesus. We've studied about the nature of sin. That man has been freed from sin, yet the nature of sin is still there. And we, and, and we, and, and we ought to continue in sanctification until Jesus Christ comes so we study the doctrine of certification of justification and redemption and all that and i want to trust the lord that we have not forgotten all these things because we need them to be able to teach others hebrews 5 says the time you ought to be teachers you need one again teach you those things which be the first principles of the oracles of God. I believe that you've not forgotten what we've learned from Romans 1 to where we are now. But Romans 1 to 11, we said they're doctrinal. 12 to 15, they were applications, practical applications, and 16. Um, part 16 is particular application and partly final greetings. So we will focus 
today on the applications haven't, 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 haven't learned the principles and the doctrines in Romans, then we now come to a point where we look at Peter. But, but in the course of the applications, we've taken some time to study a little about the gift of the Spirit. And why is that important? The gift of the Spirit is important because without it, we cannot really do ministry. We can't really, you know, you know, be a blessing to people without the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with his gift. We cannot really engage the Christian work and the Christian life. Yes, we are saved, but we can't be a blessing. We always want to receive, but God wants us to be what? Givers. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 2, 14, say, Now thanks be unto God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. And through us, and through us, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So the will of God for us as believers is to receive his blessings and be a blessing to others by faith. Hallelujah. We read in Matthew 6, where Christ was teaching, he says, Seek ye first my kingdom and his righteousness. We can't seek the kingdom. We can't do the kingdom work without the enablement of the Holy Spirit. And that's the reason you find in Acts chapter number 9, when, when, when Jesus met the apostle Paul and, and saved him, he said, Go to the city of Damascus. It shall be told you what ye shall do. And when, when Ananias came by, by God, so he said, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to you, has sent me to you to lay hands on you that you may what? Receive the Holy Spirit. That means without the Holy Spirit manifestation, we can't do service. Tell me about tonight to Acts, Acts 9. Acts 9. We can't truly minister. We can't truly represent Christ without the Holy Let's read Acts 9 from, from verse 11 or verse 9. And there was um, and, and, and verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And he said unto him, Arise and go into the, into the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas one. For one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayed and had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he may receive his sight. Then Ananias now jumped jump to verse 15. Uh, um, um, but the Lord said to him, Go thy way, for is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my sake. Ananias went his way and entered into the house. That's what it says. And putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, had sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 20. As a consequence of being filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, and straightway he what? He preached Christ. He did not preach Christ until he was filled. That means we can't preach Christ until we are filled. We can't preach him. We can't be effective ministers until the Holy Spirit is actively at work in our lives. Amen tonight. Jesus was the Son of God. He understood his mission. But he did not start ministering until the Holy Spirit came on him. So no true believer can actively minister. No believer can actively shine and be, and, and be bold about Jesus without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we begin to manifest the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Remember in this instance, where he said, I'm being filled with the Holy Ghost. This same Paul had been saved by the Holy Ghost. So it is not, it's, it's, it, it's not the work of the Spirit of, unto salvation. No, it's the work of the Spirit unto empowerment for ministering. Jesus need not be saved. 
but he was filled at his baptism before he went to be tempted of Satan in the desert. He was filled and empowered for that, for that, for that to happen. So there's a need for the gift of the spirit. And, 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 and that's what we're looking at from Romans chapter 12, verse 4. That we're taking time all this well to, 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 to look at. And what gifts did we mention? We mentioned several gifts. And tonight I want you to know that this gift is given by the Holy Spirit to everyone as he pleases. And he gives us for, for, for profiting. Amen. What gift did he give us? We mentioned the gift of the word of wisdom. The word of knowledge, of prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, working of miracles, diverse kinds of tongues, tongues interpretation, discernment of spirit, exhortation, giving, service or help, teaching, pastoring, evangelizing, um, prophet, apostle, mercy, and, 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 and others. God gives this gift through the Holy Spirit for us to be equipped what? for ministry. So say amen tonight. So don't be ashamed of this gift. Don't talk it down. Whatever God says we can have, folks, we can have it and we do have it. Hallelujah tonight. And why is this gift important? First Corinthians 12, 7 and Ephesians 4, 7 says, it is important because it is given for the profiting of the church. Listen, folks, the church will profit. And that's why the church in Corinth were profiting from the gift. Hallelujah. And Paul wrote to them to help them, you know, you know, know how to use it because they were all eager to and, and praise God they were. But see, these things need to be done in order. So Paul wrote to them for them to be orderly. I love that they were doing it without order, that order was, was, was restored rather than not doing it at all. And, and, and there's no manifestation of the Spirit of God. You know, tonight we just had our prayer in the church leadership. And, and the Lord was blessed to us by the gift of the Spirit. Hallelujah, and, and it's, it's always a great blessing. Listen, a church will deprive themselves of great blessing if they refuse and, and lock out the, 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 the Spirit's manifestation in their midst. And for us, we will not lock him on. Amen. We will yield to the Holy Spirit and, and, and submit ourselves to him. For we can't do true ministry if we don't. Yield ourselves to the Lord. And in any case, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 5, 4 and 5, he says, My preaching and teaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that the faith of men might not rest in man's wisdom, but rest in the power of God. God doesn't want the faith of people to rest in eloquence, but he wants people's faith to rest in power and in what and his own wisdom. And the only way in which this power can be manifest is when we yield and submit ourselves to the leading of God and the power of God by the gift of the Spirit. First for 1, verse 5, Paul said. Our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in much power, in the Holy Spirit, and in assurance. So we must desire the gift of the Spirit. As a church, we must desire it. We must love it. We must embrace it. We must seek for it. We must want to sit in our midst. We must not quench the spirit. We must not, we must not, we must not mortify the spirit. We, we, we should learn to mortify the flesh and not the spirit. We must allow the spirit of God to work and move in our midst. First Corinthians 14. And when you come together, let one have a psalm. Let one have a song. Let one have a hymn. Let one have a doctrine. Let one have a revelation. Let one has a tongue. And one has a tongue interpretation. But let all things be done in order. 
All these things are the manifestations of the gift of the Spirit, but it must be done in order. And so we've explored this. And I'm trusting the Lord that we will come to a place of manifestation of the gift of the Spirit. And how does this gift operate? Your praise by what? By faith and by love. Without faith and love, the gift of the Spirit will not manifest in the church. That's why Paul will pray and will cover the church of God with faith and love. So one of the catalysts that makes the gift to work in you is, is, is your is your is your is your love quotient you must love like jesus loved or like he loves we must love like like god loves for god so loved the world there must not be an outer of hatred in you that's why you can't you can't afford to hate someone or you can't afford to live in what unforgiveness for unforgiveness and hatred clocks the move of the spirit in a person. Hallelujah tonight. So we see the apostle Paul writing to us in the, in the book of Romans that we must acknowledge the gift of the spirit in the church and be able to. And in the year ahead by the grace of God, We'll be yielding ourselves in faith, in love. No wonder between 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, there's a there's they are both sandwiched with 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. There's 1 Corinthians 13. And the entire trust of 1 Corinthians 13 is what is love. 12 talked about the gift of the spirit in so powerful them. 14 went order to talk about more about what the gift of the Holy Spirit in more powerful time. But in between 12 and 14 is love. That means if you remove love from the midst, everything comes down crashing. Everything comes down. So love is important for this gift to manifest. And God wants the church to manifest the gift of the spirit. So that when people who are not born again come to the church, the secret of their hearts are revealed. But how will it be revealed when we don't give room, when we don't believe? And it's unfortunate that some folks don't believe in the gift of the spirit. They fight it. And folks, every time we come to church, there is always the manifestation of the gift of spirit of the spirit. Once your heart is open, you will get the word of encouragement. You will get the word of comfort. You will get the word of knowledge. You will get insight and direction. The Lord will meet everyone's need by the gift of the Spirit. Sometimes primarily through the word. But there's always the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit every time God's people meet. Amen. And that's why the next thing that Paul said in Romans 12 is love. Romans 12, if you read verse 9, but this, this evening I will come to verse 1 quickly and I will rush down through it verse by verse. Turn with me to Romans 12. Haven't mentioned all this gift of the Spirit. Paul down, comes down to verse Nine. So what it says, haven't spoken about the gift. You see, every time you hear the gift, either before it or after it, you hear the word, what? Love. Romans 12. Romans 13. Love. Hallelujah. Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Hallelujah. That means let love be without hypocrisy. So you see love. So love is closely connected to the manifestation of the gift of the spirit. So if a church wants to see 
The Holy Ghost manifests in their midst. They must learn to walk in love. Amen. Tonight, and, and I want to assure you that, that, that as we walk in love one for another, we'll start seeing and trust our hearts and open up the Holy Spirit to walk in our midst. He will walk by faith. Amen. We don't need to fear anything. He, he has promised his enemies. Once we yield to him in faith, he will manifest his power and his glory and his grace in us as long as we walk in love and we walk in forgiveness. In your Bible, like, I don't know how your Bible um, states this, but in my Bible, um, Romans chapter 12, the subtitle is actually Christian conduct. So we'll start from verse 1 this evening. I'll just mention them as we go on so we can flow. Remember I said to us, Romans 12 is the practical session or section of the book of Romans. So we, 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 we'll be going through things that God expects us to be doing practically every day. So say amen tonight. What should believers be known for? What fruit should believers be producing? How should unbelievers assess a Christian? What, 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 what yastic? What, what is the marking scheme? What should they expect? What should you show? Um, um, what should that, that life of God produce in you? How should you comport and, and conduct and carry yourself in the world that differentiates you from everyone, that shows you that Christ dwells in you? Number one. Paul said, I beseech you therefore. It means based on everything I've said from chapter 1 to 11, having known this now that you are saved, that Christ has died, is a propitiation that we are now justified by faith in him, that there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not by the flesh, but by the spirit. Amen tonight. Having known all these, therefore. I beseech you, now that you have known as a believer by God's mercies, amen. Paul said, I'm begging you by the mercies of God. I'm begging you that, that this is what that life of Christ in you ought to be producing. Don't fight it anymore. Don't, don't resist it. Don't live contrary to this life. This is the life now that the Spirit of God is propelling you to live. First and foremost, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means every Christian must present their bodies, your body. That means your body is no longer your own. You can't use it as you want, as you please, as you wish. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't abuse your body. Your body now is a temple of your very own body now. Your very own sacks, your very own flesh is what? The temple. That means God dwells in you right now. Praise God. So when men see you, they see Christ in you. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies holy. It means, it means don't, 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 don't attach your bodies to things that, that, that are defiling. Make it holy unto God. Don't carry your members and join your bodies with a lot. That was said. We are meant to be separate. We are meant to be decent. Don't, 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 don't be found associating with people who are not praising God, with people who don't use themselves to praise God, with people who defile themselves in mankind, with people who speak vulgar things, with people who do things that don't give God praise. Hallelujah. And we see the world in a, in a chaotic mess today because people are not presenting themselves and their bodies Holy unto God. And if your body is to be holy to God, then your mouth should be what? Holy also. So first thing, present your bodies a living sacrifice. That is every day you wake up. You are not waking up for yourself. You are waking up for the Lord. You're asking God, what do I do with for you today with my body? 
Because wherever I go, it means God is going there. Whatever I do, God is doing it. Can God count on you? Paul says, therefore now, I beseech you, I beg you by God's mercies. Now that you're born again, your life is no longer your own. That is what being born again means. It's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of consecration. It's a life of separation unto God. And you all know one apology for living right. You all know one explanation for living righteous. For that's now your nature. For anyone that is in Christ is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes the reason people live a life of compromise because they don't really know that they are new. Folks, we are new. Amen. Paul says, based on this is now, this is now the practical way to live. Some people call it practical Christian living. But this now is the application. So one, our bodies must be present unto God. A living sacrifice. Do not mutilate your body. Do not, do not deface your body. Present it unto God. A living sacrifice. It says, which is your reasonable act of what? Of service. So your first service unto God is not being in the choir. It's what? Presenting that body. Amen. In fact, your first worship is how you present yourself to God. So true worship begins with what you're presenting yourself before the Lord. Let me ask you how I tonight. So number one, Christian conduct application of what we've read from Romans 1 to 11 is that we present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God. Unto God, unto God. Verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world. So the second thing, haven't known that we are now redeemed by the blood. We are commanded not to be conformed to this world, not to go about imitating the world and taking the cue for your life from the world, not going after the world's own fashion. World's own trend, world's own, own principles. Be not conformed to this world. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by God's mercies, to not be conformed to this world. He said, if you can't beat them, join them. No, you can't join them because though you are in this world, now that you are born again, you are not of this world. So your life must be different. There must be the, the light of God must shine forth in you. Man must be able to see Jesus through you. In fact, men should start experiencing heaven by your life. Hallelujah tonight. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. That word is, 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 is a continuous process of sanctification, but be being transformed, hallelujah, by the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your mind. Your mind will be renewed daily, hallelujah. How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind by studying the word of God and patterning your life according to God's word. And that's why mind renewal cannot occur to someone who does not read the scriptures daily. It is the word of God you read that serves as the, as the basis for your mind being renewed. Hallelujah. You know, I... I, I Ramona showed me a few days ago how someone that is close to him that he encouraged to read the Bible suddenly read somewhere in the scriptures and, and she felt compelled in her heart to forgive someone who has fought her. And she called the person that, hey, I just want to call and greet you. And the person said, wow, 
that really I had nothing against you, and they became friends, and they're talking. And for this time, they don't talk. But that scripture made out of you know, if if the Bible says this, then I can't live like this. And 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 she, and she said she became free in her heart, she became loose, you know, she became joyous. This evokes obeying God's word brings joy, amen. Obeying the word brings freedom. If people don't obey the word, they put themselves in bondage. How pitiable it is for believers to still be in bondage. Why? Because they are refusing to conform and be transformed by the word of God. So the basis for transformation actually is the word of God. That's why no believer who stays up in the word can be truly transformed. God wants you to, to be transformed. Because now you know you are a new creature. You can't live the old way anymore. New things must grow, must spring forth in you. Therefore, we begin to bring forth this fruit. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind by the word. Remember, I said in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, And thou shalt cleanse her and wash her by the washing of the water. By the word, how do we renew our mind? You see, our mind is not renewed by just saying, Mind renew, mind renew. No, 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 mind's renewal comes by the word. Ephesians 5, everybody, tell me at night. Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5. Let's read, let's read verse 26. That he might sanctify or purify or consecrate or cleanse him and, and and okay, sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So, how does we wash and cleanse by what by the word? How do we renew our minds by the word? So the the the, the that which renews the mind of the believer is the word of God. And any believer's mind that's not renewed, the mind will be what polluted. Amen. I have some few moments tonight. Now the reason, you know, the Bible says that, that, that from the heart come all evil thoughts. And this evil thought had been there before you got born again. You've done, now, talk to me your Bibles tonight to 2 Corinthians 6. Let me show something there. 2 Corinthians 6. I want to read from, thank you, Lord. Okay. Let me see where I can pick it from tonight. Just to get this point properly um, 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 explained. Okay, sorry. First Corinthians 6. First Corinthians 6. Now, I will read to you tonight. A few of the verses, and if if we will close it tonight, I think it will be good. But now we are coming to the practical living of, of the believer. You see, I said to you that just what I said, he said, out of the heart coming on what all evil thoughts, fornication, adultery, stealing, lying, all vices, they come from there, from the heart. But how does those things get into the heart? It gets into the heart because by nature we are children of wrath and we have exposed ourselves to sin all our lives. And having been born again, we ought to start changing that frame. We ought to start renewing our minds or rather we ought to start flushing our hearts. You know, sometimes when someone you know, um, 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 is poisoned or, or, or has something in the system. They, they, they say, what? you should flush the system. First Corinthians 6. Let's read from verse 1. Now remember that this is the church of believers. Hallelujah tonight. The only way we can cleanse our heart is by, is by, is by renewing it. And I'm sure how to do that. Lesson from verse 1 to 11. Dare any of you 
having a matter against another, go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge smallest matters? It means, it means, it means no believer should take another believer to court. We should resolve every matter we have within the church. Hallelujah. As, 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 as we are brothers with ourselves, we must learn not to offend ourselves. But if offense comes, we must find the mechanism to resolve the offense within ourselves. Amen tonight. But let's go on to verse 3. Okay, verse 4. If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. It is so that there is not a... Oh, is it so that there is no a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren, but brother goeth to law with brother, and that before unbelievers. Now therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because you go to law one with another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. It's bad news. Now here was in was level. And such were some of you. Hallelujah. That means these believers were like this, but now they are born again. But they got born again with this same nature. Praise God. But now God is saying to you, we must now begin to renew our minds and change from this way. Haven't been saved. Now, haven't been born again. You ought not to continue drinking. Or to continue to steal. You must stop being an... You must stop being effeminate. Everything you were in times past must stop. Therefore, haven't now been saved. Haven't known that by the... By Christ's gospel, we are redeemed. We are now called by God to live a life commensurate with our calling. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So, you see, when it says we should cleanse our heart, how do you do that? That was about the word. How do I apply? Listen, if you take a glass of Coca-Cola in a plain glass cup, the glass is con contains Coca-Cola, and the color is is it black or brown? Maybe dark brown or chocolate brown in that sense, but there's a way you can make that glass cup contain white, contain crystal clear water. And the way to doing that is to continually do what? Pour clean water in that glass cup until the clean water displaces the colored water in the cup. So, how do you renew your mind? By putting God's word in your heart daily. How do you cleanse? How do you, how, how do you get transformed? How do you change those evil thoughts in your heart? No, they don't change by just wishing. They change by action. What action should you take? By putting in your heart daily God's word. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of the Lord. And your word abide heed in my heart. So you must start hiding. You must start storing. You must start 
island. You must start putting, you must start saving God's word in your heart. In every crevice, in every space you can find, put God's word there. It will display sin, it will display step. God's word will display, you know, you know, every vile. God's word will displace everything evil. So the more of the word of God you have, the more transformed you become. So when you find a believer who is given to sin easily, there's no sufficient word to counter, to replace, or rather to displace that, that, that hunger for sin in the heart. For all these vices are in the heart. And when you get born again, they don't go away. When we get born again, our spirit is saved. Our mind remains unsaved. But we have to cleanse and, and renew the heart by the word of God. So Paul is saying, I beseech you, now that you are born again, you have a step take. You must now start transforming all those things that brings fear in your heart. Start replacing them with God's word. And, 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 and start hearing that God has not given me one, the spirit of fear, but of one of, of, of love and of power and of a sound mind. So every time fear brings us up later on, you respond by God's word and say, God, I don't give you the spirit of bondage to fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I have pressure of bondage for the spirit of adoption. Wherein I cry, what? Abba, Father. So you replace that fear with what? The word of faith, the word of boldness. That's how your mind is renewed. That you are not living like an old man anymore. Have you now known that you are born again and you are saved by the grace of God? When believer begins to understand this, they come to a place of deliverance and victory. So we see verse 3. Be not conformed. So one of the conducts of the believer is living a non-conformed life. Don't conform. You get to a place, men are living a life of fraud. No, you don't conform. You are a believer. You know, I'll close with this tonight. I went to buy something for someone. And my wife called me that, ah, please, buy a bottle of wine for someone. And I took one wine, I don't know the name. And I told them to check it for me. Is it alcoholic? Because I can't find where it's alcohol. I, I don't know the sign of alcohol in the wine. All I know is that um, Paleta uh, uh, is not alcoholic. And there's another one that I bought, Chamdo. So that one I saw was very beautiful and was, was white and sparkling and, 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 and I liked it. But I was careful not to buy kakai for someone. So I asked them, I asked the waiter, please help me check. Is that what it say? Yes. I said, no, I don't want it. And the person behind me said, Are you a pastor? I said, Well, not necessarily. But yes, I am. He said, Oh, I see. Why? Because I said, I don't want to buy an alcoholic drink for someone as a gift. And the person just said to me, are you a pastor? It means, it means it's, it's, it's one of those who, who are pastors that, 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 that they don't drink wine. But, but apparently, some pastors are going to drink. But we must learn to live a non-conformed life that Christ might be glorified. Can God depend on you? We'll close tonight. Let me read that same scriptures I've read from the NLT. And I will join you to go on tonight and read it again before you sleep. Romans 12 verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. I plead like God is pleading with you tonight to give your bodies to God. Because all, all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. It means their behaviors and customs of the church. 
their behaviors and customs of God. That is what we must copy. That's what we must do. No matter the pressure from the world, we must stand with the custom of the church and the custom of Jesus Christ. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we are looking at Christian conduct. Conduct number one, present your bodies. Your bodies must show forth Christ. Your bodies must not be mutilated. Your body must be, must be holy. Your body must not be pierced anyhow. Don't, don't, don't live to please yourself. Your body is not yours. Your body must be given to God as a child of God. This is what the word says. Present your bodies unto God a living sacrifice because he loves it. So when men see you, they see God. That's number one. Number two, be not conformed to this world. Don't go after this world customs and their traditions and what they love. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God be proud of you. Let God be able to say, have you seen my daughter and my son? For they are righteous unto me. They have, they have, they have, they have, they have, they have, they have kept the pressure of their natural instinct to glorify me. Sometimes these things are not as easy as it is because of the pressure of the world. But God is encouraging you because of all he has done to, re to redeem and rescue your, your soul is demanding from you to present your bodies and not be conformed to this world. But you know that the pressure of the world is so strong. Oh, the, the, the pressure of friends is so strong. The pressure of acquaintances is so strong. But God is saying to you, by the spirit that dwells in you, you are stronger than every pressure the world can bring to bear over you. Let God rejoice over you. But now, this is how the church should live. Why? Because the Lord says so. And by this, we shine forth his light and his glory. Hallelujah tonight. We'll continue from where we stop here in our next Bible study. I want to encourage you again tonight to read through Romans 12 and read with the heart of doing it, not with the heart of just hearing. For it is not those that hear that are blessed, but those that do. But to get the word done, you must hear it first. That's why it is also good to hear but don't stop at the realm of hearing. Take a step further to do. There's blessing in obedience. God bless you tonight. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We know your word brings light understanding. Lord, we've shared your word. Give us strength to obey. That your glory may be revealed in us. May we not be ashamed of your gospel. May we not be ashamed of your truth. May we rejoice in you. Lord, I pray, O oh God, that Christ will be seen in us, in our bodies, in our souls, and in our spirit. I pray, O oh God, that you sanctify and keep us our whole spirit, soul, and body until Christ comes. Teach us, Lord, to be holy and consecrated and separated for you in this perverse and adulterous generation. Help us all shine.
indeed as light. Thank you, Father, for prayer with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. By the grace of God, we'll be having a special prayer meeting on Saturday and Sunday. Let's prepare our hearts. When I want to beg of you, like Paul begged, please present your bodies a living sacrifice. But this is what God expects of us as his children. God bless you all tonight. See you in the next class. Amen.